movies at this. This is where the fun begins. Take a seat. Well, folks, it has happened. Project Luminous has dropped. We know what is going to be happening, and it is Star Wars The High Republic. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights are the guardians of peace and justice. A line that we've been hearing since 1977, and we thought, you know, what does that look like? It is a golden age where there's much more peace and calm in the galaxy. So we're calling it the High Republic. The description that we've used for the Jedi of this era is that they are the Jedi Knights of the Round Table. But Star Wars isn't just about Jedi, and we will tell stories of new smugglers, new scoundrels, new bounty hunters. The threat and the tension really comes from the Republic's borders, because the Republic does not extend from one side of the galaxy to the other. It's a bit of a Wild West new frontier. We see a different kind of Jedi that patrols the frontiers. It is more of a Texas Ranger. We're now bringing in concept artists, illustrators, and visualists, the same way that you would when you're making a movie. We even had Ian McKay come down and just do sketch after sketch for us. When you have the guy who designed the look for Darth Maul sketching Jedi for you, it doesn't get any cooler than this. The scale of this initiative is really new for us. We're going to have stories for adults and teens and kids. We're building this out simultaneously across multiple publishers. It gives us the ability to tell vast interconnected stories across multiple years. There will be a core group of heroes that will expand over time. There'll be villains. Our main villain are the group called the Nile. We kind of like to refer to them as space Vikings. Their motto is, you can't take it with you, but we can take it from you. Our story starts with what we're calling the Great Disaster. It wouldn't be Star Wars without adventure. And there's definitely a series of events that will spin the galaxy into a dangerous new direction, and it'll give the opportunity for heroes to rise up. The cool thing about this is that there's going to be a story for every Star Wars fan. It's really fun to be able to keep readers on their toes. This era is ripe for storytelling. The Eureka moment was the question, what scares the Jedi? And that made us all go, ooh, something wicked this way comes. Hey there, guys, and welcome back to the Jedi Jargon Podcast, Episode 2. We are your newest source for in-depth discussion, news, and analysis of all things Star Wars. We are a podcast by Star Wars fans for Star Wars fans. I'm Jedi Master OB, and I first experienced the franchise through LEGO Star Wars. And this is Jedi Master Jeff, the boy who faced Darth Maul at Disney World and lived. Jeff, tell the people how you're doing. Well, OB, the Force is with me right now. It's, is it? it is very much with me, and I am also one with it. Ooh, that's exciting. Good to yes, hear. Yes, yes. So, Jeff, do you want to tell us about the High Republic? Absolutely, man. I'm super excited for this. I know you were, too, leading up to the Project Luminous announcement as we knew it to be. So, what is Star Wars the High Republic? It's starting out as a publishing event. Uh, as publishing campaign, if you will, for uh, Star Wars in general in the year of 2020. We're going to be getting 
five, yes, five different projects over the course of this year, starting in August, right around the time of Star Wars Celebration, around August 25th. First thing we're going to be getting is Star Wars The High Republic, Light of the Jedi, by Charles Soule. That's coming at us on August 25th of 2020. Uh, the cover art of this one. Talk about that real quick. Sure. That's. Uh, I really like how different these Jedi robes look. I know a lot of people have been talking about that Wookiee on the left side um, with that sort of unique lightsaber design, uh, that cross guard that isn't quite, that aren't really lightsaber blades per se, but just uh, whatever sort of Star Wars in-universe metal he's using, right? Yeah, um, it really goes, I know we're going to get into it in a little bit, but it really goes into what, um, I forget who said it, who said it, um, what they're what they're calling the Jedi Knights of the Round Table. It's giving the Jedi a little more of a vintage look, um, something more Arthurian um, with that cross guard. Really, it really looks like something you would see uh, out of medieval Europe. It's as if you placed the Jedi in the middle of a King Arthur tale. Right. It's very high fantasy as well. If you get if you get around to googling the cover art of Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule, you'll see what we mean. And I can even read the brief little synopsis that they have here on Penguin Random House Books. Yeah, please do. 200 years before the events of Star Wars The Phantom Menace, in the era of the glorious High Republic, the noble and wise Jedi Knights must face a frightening threat to themselves, the galaxy, and the Force itself. Pretty vague, pretty wide open, and it's that description of the book that kind of matches up with the whole... Uh, direction of the High Republic itself when you really think about it. Mm -hmm. Not really going into too much detail, which I like. Mm -hmm. uh, the next project we'd be getting, uh, moving moving things along here, we'd be getting the High Republic comic book series published by Marvel. That one, we don't really have much description for. I'm assuming it's going to be pretty wide open. And this is the one by Kevin Scott. Kevin Scott. It may or may not follow the characters that we're introduced to in Light of the Jedi. Uh, we'll obviously find out. That one's also going to be launching on August 25th. Uh, then we're going to be getting the young adult novel by Justina Ireland. Justina Ireland also wrote uh, Spark of the Resistance, young adult novel, lead up to the rise of Skywalker. Um, Lando's Luck. I believe that was a Choose Your Own Adventure, Young Adult Junior Novel sort of thing. That one's going to be launching around S September the 8th of 2020. Um, and this one, I really like the art of. I, I, you know, we were talking about the art for the last one. This one here, it's giving me some Rebels, Clone Wars animation stuff. It totally more, is, yeah. Yeah, but maybe not quite as like Ralph McQuarrie. With the look, a little bit more new age, but still kind of an animation. Uh, it very much looks like it could be ripped right from an animated. Yeah, series, it looks like know? it looks like something you would see in one of the one of the Dave Filoni TV shows. Exactly. And with this one, we have a bit of description. I'll get right into the reading of that. So, a test of courage. When a transport ship is abruptly kicked out of hyperspace as part of a galaxy-wide disaster. Newly minted teen, Jedi Vernestra Rowe, a young Padawan, an audacious tech kid, and the son of an ambassador are stranded on a jungle moon, where they must work together to, suffer, to survive both 
the dangerous terrain and a hidden danger looking and a hidden danger lurking in the shadows. Very cool. Very cool. I'm really excited to see what sort of I mean, obviously this one's a young adult novel. I'm still gonna be reading it. I know you probably are OB. Oh yeah. No, dude, I tell you what. Um, I am very excited for this publishing event, um, namely because we're getting something for everyone in this, kind of. Right. Um, you know, we're getting The High Republic, Light of the Jedi, that's more of your typical adult novel, um, A Test of Courage is for your, you know, your younger readers. Um, it really seems like they're trying to make this event a an experience for the entire family. Um, there's going to be little bits and pieces that everyone can latch onto, and I honestly wonder if we're going to be getting entirely different stories, or they're going to be somewhat adjacent. I know that they talked about in the announcement the great disaster that will kind of be the inciting incident um, for this new storyline. Um, the great disaster, I feel like it has something to do with um, that space station um, that they talked about in, in the announcement video, that getting destroyed somehow by the new villains, the Nile, which we will get into in, in a little bit. Um, but I feel like they're all going to revolve around that incident and what comes after that um but yeah just very excited for it man really 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 looking forward to it yeah and from what i've read so far across the internet regarding the high republic it's sounding like light of the jedi will uh, the story will describe that great disaster event in detail the characters and their story will their stories will coincide directly with that disaster event. Mm -hmm. And from there, that will be the taking off point of this era for us. And it's very, very exciting. Mm -hmm. It's very exciting as a Star Wars fan to finally be getting something fresh. And I, I think all of these writers are excited as well because they've all been doing canonical works that are excellent. I mean, we have Claudia Gray working on, this is the next book that, uh, I was about to touch on Into the Dark. Claudia Gray has worked on various pieces. I know you've read two of her works already. I've read three. Um, three of her works yeah. already. With uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, mm -hmm. Bloodline, Master and Apprentice. I'm working on Master and Apprentice uh, currently myself. Mm -hmm. And she also wrote Lost Stars. Yes. I haven't read that one yet. I've read Bloodline, Leia, and Master and Apprentice. And I know we'll be talking about all three of those uh, in due course. But yeah, man, Claudia Gray is my favorite um, new canon Star Wars author by far, man. She, just the way that she writes characters, it's just, it's just the right amount of emotion, you know, where it's, where it's, where it's not cheesy, um, but it really just feels like quintessential Star Wars, you know, the, the work that she does, and I'm so looking forward to Into the Dark. Right. And Claudia Gray in that trailer, there was a brief snippet that they showed of her speaking, where she mentioned that she was looking forward to this, uh, High Republic event and that it's giving her and her other um, the other authors a free environment to express their own ideas for this uh, almost proving ground of Star Wars content. They they've also described it as sort of a an incubation, mm -hmm. an area of incubation right. for new ideas in the Star Wars universe. So a lot of what we're going to be seeing, it's the seeds for the future of what content we could be getting, right? You know, like future movies, let's say, future animated series. I know I would I would personally really like a video game to be set in High Republic. Mm -hmm. You know, I 
I think that when you when you think about it, let's look at you know, going back to the cover of the last the light of the Jedi, last Jedi, the light of the Jedi. Looking at those four characters, how cool would it be? I know you're not really as into the video game world as I am, but a sort of role playing game or uh, you know high fantasy type of game with you know four characters like that. You you journey across multiple planets with them, level them up. They all, they all have their own skill set. The Wookiee's the heavy. The I think her name is Avar Chris. She's sort of the you know all around character. Maybe the Twi'lek on the cover there. He's sort of the Force specialist, more of a mage. It'd be cool, man. I'd I'd really like something like that to come about. Um, we've, I mean, we saw a great um, new type of adventure game with Jedi Fallen Order. Right. So it'd be it'd be cool to see more of a because they're stepping into this high fantasy realm with the High Republic. It'd be cool to see that carry over into the games yeah i definitely agree that would be that would be something you know they're really trying to branch out you know it's kind of similar to what the marvel universe is doing right now you know they got to live right. beyond their initial iteration they got to go they got to see what's next and expand uh or otherwise they're just gonna you know become stagnated and become irrelevant um but similar to what you were saying you know what things that i'm looking forward to with this release i really want this event this you know Project Luminous High Republic event to be the precursor to a new High Republic film series. And as I said, similar to the MCU, um, just in the way that the, the stories interweave. I'm not necessarily looking for trilogies, but I am kind of looking for, you know, those team-up movies. I'm looking for those individual character-driven movies, but with the long arcs of, you know, who, are, who who is the threat that they're facing, you know, with the Nile or maybe even the Sith eventually. Um, maybe not, because this is yeah. only 200 years before... Uh, the Skywalker saga. But the one thing I'm hoping for is that I'm just, I really hope this incubation period, as they have called it, is not going to be in vain. They need to capitalize on this with regards to films. Um, I want to see how the Nile relate to the Sith, if they do. And if they do, you know, who are the Nile and why should we care about them? You know, why, I, I, I need the Nile to feel like they are more than just a group of villains that they have put in, um, to face the Jedi in this era. Now, just to, to go back a little bit, I know we didn't talk about it. Um, at the... at the When they released the trailer for um, the High Republic, they talked about the Nile as if they were space Vikings. Um, yes, space Vikings. Right, and I, and I wonder, I wonder if the Nile, if you look at the etymology of the word Nile, the word Nile, um, N-I-H-I-L, it is very similar to the to the philosophy the word the name of the philosophy of nihilism. Now that is a belief in nothing, right? So the Jedi, you know, they believe in peace and justice and using the light side of the Force for for outward good and never for a personal gain. But what if the Nile believe in nothing, right? According and, to one of the higher ups in the video, their motto is, "You can't take it with you, but we can take it from you." Yeah, that's interesting. I really, I don't know how I feel about that. I got to be honest. Um, it just seems, it just seems kind of cheesy. Um, but we'll, we'll see if they it's, make it's it. It's early days. Yeah, so. it is early. So like, we'll see if they can make it not cheesy. I know that canonically the Sith have been extinct for 800 years at this time. Um, or hidden away. Or hidden we away. Don't know. You know, functionally extinct. Um, so kind of like, kind of like the Jedi in the age of 
the age of rebellion, if you will, the original trilogy era. True. Um, they were still Jedi. I mean, they were still Kanan and Ezra. Um, excuse me. Uh, Ahsoka and the like, hidden away in the far reaches of space for their own safety. Yeah. Right? Functionally True. extinct, like you said. So it'd be interesting to see, kind of like how you were saying with the MCU-like uh, building with each book and hopefully movie and animated series, we get to learn what, hopefully, are the larger underlying baddies. You know, hopefully Sith, hopefully some sort of, maybe like a different sort of dark side group of, you know, a uh, group of dark side users. Maybe the maybe the leaders of the Nile are kind of like the Knights of Ren figures, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, dark side worshippers. Mm-hmm. And I and if we can go on a brief tangent here, I think it's so interesting how in the sequel trilogy, excuse me, and also in the Rise of Kylo Ren comics, how the Knights of Ren, they're sort of the inverse of the Guardians of the Will. Very you know? true. Yeah. Uh, I, I really wish those characters were in, in the movies explored a little bit more. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful that we're getting a little bit more of a deep dive into their motivations in the rise of the, uh, the rise of Kylo Ren, which you definitely got to check out. There's only about three issues out right now. So mm-hmm. in the announcement video, the director of publishing at Lucasfilm talked about how in the first star Wars movie, a new hope, you know, Obi-Wan talked about, you know, for over a thousand generations, the Jedi have been the guardians of peace and justice in the in the galaxy. And he really asked, you know, what does that look like? So we are going to see the Jedi at their height. You know, I mean, when I was a kid growing up watching the prequels and I saw the Jedi as they were in episodes one, two, and the first half, half of three, I thought it couldn't get any better than that. But no, we are going to get the Jedi Knights of the Round Table. It's going to feel, uh, just going to quote from the announcement video, it's going to feel like a Wild West or a new frontier where we'll see a different kind of Jedi that patrols and guards these frontiers like the Texas Rangers. That is going to be so exciting. That means it's going to be so wild. Yeah, because in this period of time, the Republic is expanding. You know, like a lot of the areas of the star wars universe that we've seen that we know as parts of the republic or later on as parts of the empire are sort of just frontier space so it'll be interesting to see voice crack oh my goodness if um uh we some of the jedi act as almost the pioneer figures that move out and expand the reaches of the republic and how they interact with the natives i could be very very frontier-esque, very American frontier-esque in uh, how they choose to tackle that. And that's like one thing that I love. really interesting. Wow. That's, yeah, no, it really will be. And that's one thing I love about Star Wars is how, you know, yeah, it originated as a space opera and it created its own genre, really. Uh, but in the intervening years between 1977 and 2020, um, we've seen Star Wars adopt the tropes of so many different genres from yeah. the Western to the samurai movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, to the detective movie with episode two, you know, to, to, to Shakespeare even. Um, Star Wars has, you know, begged, borrowed, and stealed from every literary genre. Um, and I, I love it, man. I love that they're going beyond this 
I mean, relatively narrow box um, that they've lived in. And, you know, they're, they're going to expand into all these different new realms. Um, it's going to be so great. Uh, Jedi into the round table. We're going to get new scoundrels, new smugglers, new bounty hunters. Um, to quote from Hidalgo, Pablo Hidalgo here, uh, the threats lie at the borders of the Republic, which do not extend from one end of the galaxy to the other at this time. Like, what does that even mean? Dude, we're going to get a Wild West Star Wars. It, it is going to be crazy. And my favorite part about this is they are bringing together all of the best minds in the Star Wars literary world these days. We're going to get Justina Ireland. We're going to get Claudia Gray. We're going to get Kevin Scott. We're going to get so many great people on this project. Yeah, and I'm sure there are plenty of works that are in development that we don't know about. Like, like, the, sure... like we're going to get the Yoda and Yaddle standalone film. Yes. Yes, please. Uh, that would be really cool. Uh, but I know that it's been reported. It was a heavy rumor before the Project Luminous teaser was even put out there that there was a sort of high republic era film in the works that could be either and i think that disney is currently debating internally whether to make such a thing disney plus streaming exclusive at launch or a full-on theatrical release and i think it depends on the popularity of this high republic literary material you know mm -hmm. i totally do I I hope it all pans out. I mean, I'm here for more Star Wars as much as I can get my hands on. Um, I know a lot of folks online have kind of been put off by it, and I really don't understand why. I mean, maybe, maybe I do. The idea of, like, Star Wars fatigue, which, you know, what happened after the release of The Last Jedi with Solo and everything. But, I don't know, it's been a couple of years, and I think that, yeah, they, they kind of mishandled the release of Solo. And to some extent, you know, the fact that Rogue One and Solo were made I don't completely agree with. I feel like they could have told other stories. Um, they could have been made later on as Disney Plus exclusives. Well, that's you know? that's that's true. Uh, felt would have felt more at home there. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you're saying, but but one thing that I really hope if they make movies um, out of this is that they weave them together way more than they did uh, with those standalone films. You know, because Star Wars is a series, so to have any type of a standalone film feels awkward in and of itself the first time, you know, yeah. and even the second time. And like, yeah, it was cool that Solo was a prequel and, and Rogue One was kind of a lead into episode four. Like, that was cool. Um, like, it made sense with the story, but I don't know. When you have nine episodic films and you just have two by themselves, it just it just was weird. It really, really was. Yeah, and this doesn't feel like Star Wars fatigue at all to me. No. Because all of these authors are likely feeling that fatigue as well. For years, they've been filling in the blanks, which is great. And I'm sure they've loved every second of that, as they're all fans themselves, too. But now they finally get the chance to explore an entirely new era of the Star Wars universe, the Star Wars timeline that we've never seen before. So the fatigue that the internet might be a little bit upset about, justifiably so. We've been getting a lot of Star Wars content since 2015, every year. We've got it in a new movie, new you know, new seasons of either Rebels or Clone Wars. I get it. The content is flying out like hotcakes. I love it as a fan. There's definitely a what's the economics term? Diminishing level of marginal diminishing marginal return. 
utility. There's definitely a dim- diminishing marginal return with each viewing, you know, with, with so much content each year. You know, I've seen a lot of normie Star Wars fans, for lack of a better term, uh, talking about how they're a little upset with this release because they're just getting books and comic books, but no movies or TV shows. And I have a couple thoughts about that. First of all, I love Star Wars books. I love to read. I love Star Wars. The Love Child of the Two is Star Wars books. I love them. Um, Not everybody's you. Not everyone's me. But, you know, in the announcement, um, they were talking about, you know, what what um, held the fandom over between episode six and one. And the answer was Star Wars publishing. And the same thing um, held the franchise and the, and the fandom together between episodes three and episode seven over those 10 years. Star Wars publishing. Yes, in addition to games and, and the TV shows and whatnot, but at the heart of the, of the of the development of the Star Wars canon was these books and these comic books, these novels and these comic books. Um, and I'm willing to wait a couple of years if we're going to get quality Star Wars cinematic content. I will wait a couple of years and I will not complain reading these books. I'll be a happy camper. Um, My question to you, Obi, is in that period of time between Return of the Jedi and the Phantom Menace, let's say, a lot of those now legends books, comics, and what have you, and held the franchise the that held the fandom over in those years. The sort of things just came out naturally over time. Do you think this feels a little a little bit like corporate shoehorning? That's a fair point. Um I don't think so. Just I just to play devil's I, advocate. No, I don't necessarily no, sure. feel that way. Sure, sure, sure. I just think that Disney and Lucasfilm is being more strategic in the stories that they're telling. Um, with regards to the the Legends then expanded universe stories, I feel like yes, sure, the Lucasfilm story group had to approve all of the releases of those stories and the details within those stories. But I feel as though nowadays, now that they decanonized the entire Legends um, volumes, that they're going to be more selective with what they put out there, and they're really going to try their hardest to 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 rewrite the the past and the future of Star Wars in the way that they want to. Um, so yeah, it is a bit of, you know, corporate finagling, but at the same time, I feel like it's the best thing for the franchise to do, given with what they did with regards to the now Legends material. If they had just said, hey, we're going to keep, if if they had just said, we're going to keep this, this, and this, and this, and this all canon, you know, if they had, if they had recanonized, you know, Darth Revan and a lot of other things like that in the past of Star Wars, you know, yes, you know, you can, you can decanonize all of the stuff that happens post Return of the Jedi. You know, all that Mara Jade, um, Anakin Solo, Dark Empire stuff. Um, Sure, because you wanted to tell the stories of episodes 7, 8, and 9, but had kept all the stuff from the past, you know, the Sith Empire and whatnot. Um, That would have been okay, but but as I said, given what we were given with the the Disney slash Lucasfilm decision to decanonize a lot of that stuff, I think this is the best option um, for the franchise, especially in the wake of the, the the sequel trilogy, in which a lot of fans, myself included, um, have noticed that it seems a little disjointed and like there was a lack of a coherent vision from the beginning to the end. Yeah, and there's an inherent sort of existential crisis 
that the sequel trilogy suffers from inherent you know inherently like i said it does it really need to exist you know it it takes a perfectly good ending and kind of runs off with that and takes it further which is fine i love the sequel trilogy Mm -hmm. but if we're looking at this new high republic era and this new uh, wave of content that we're getting first of all i have no doubt that it's going to be high quality material it's going to be fun to read it's going to be well fleshed out because all of these authors are the best of the best when it comes to uh, Star Wars authors. I have no doubt that these authors are going to carry this era forward in a way in which that it can bring in sort of that feel of the original trilogy in that everything we saw as we went was completely new and fresh. The sequel trilogy, to a certain extent, the prequel trilogy they expanded upon what was built by george lucas with those original three films with the high republic it's an entirely fresh slate we can see a vertical slice of what once was in the star wars universe there are no preconceived notions of what the high republic is or looked like i mean we've got the old republic video games We've got some Old Republic Legends material in writing. Which is still hundreds of years before the High Republic. Exactly. So, yeah, maybe franchise fatigue. Maybe some corporate shoehorning to get in that that sweet, sweet content. That sweet, 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 sweet money from us, Star Wars fans. But I'm excited. We've never seen this era of this uh, period of time in the Star Wars universe. So I have no doubts that there's almost limitless potential uh, for whether it's printed content or stuff on screen. I really, really hope that they get uh, Dave Filoni involved with this era in some degree, whether it's another animated series. I completely agree. Or a live action series. Or even a movie. Imagine if Dave Filoni did a Star Wars movie. Oh my god, that would be that would be top quality. Yeah, um, whatever it is, dude. If know? I just gotta say, you know, imagine, you know, you're eight years old and you're watching Attack of the Clones for the first time, and you're watching that scene of the Battle of Geonosis, and all the lightsabers ignite one by one by one, and how hyped you were at eight years old to see that. That is what I feel like they're going for with the High Republic. The Jedi at their absolute peak. Yeah, and in the prequel trilogy, we get a glimpse of what the Jedi Order was like. You know, the the trilogy itself didn't just focus solely on the Jedi Order. I feel like with this High Republic content, they're looking to really sort of focus in on the Jedi. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's a lot of potential there. Like in Master and Apprentice, we get that really close look at the dynamic between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn in those early days. Uh, we get more descriptions of what everyday life was like in the Jedi Temple and Coruscant. And I feel like this sort of material gives, will give us, you know, this is Jedi Jargon, a Star Wars podcast. We love the Jedi we'll get a closer look at what that culture was like. 
Yeah, we are a Jedi religion. We are two shields for the Jedi Order right here. Absolutely. Yeah. Just to get that out of the way. Yeah, if you didn't already know. <laughs> Listen, this isn't called this isn't called Sith Spit, a Jedi podcast. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to Sith Spit. So yeah, man. Limitless potential for the High Republic content. We're going to see the first bit in August. I've already got my copy of Light of the Jedi on pre-order on Amazon. I do too. We'll see what we get come August. I am very excited. The potential is through the roof and beyond. Would you say the potential is unlimited? Unlimited potential. (laughs) All right, guys. That'll do it for us here on the Jedi Jargon Podcast. Thank you so much for listening with us today. Uh, If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to us uh, on the podcast app, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, If you are using the podcast app, please be sure to leave us a uh, five-star rating. Uh, Give us your written reviews if you'd like. The Jedi Jargon Podcast is also on Instagram and Twitter at Jedi Jargon Pod. That is Jedi Jargon Pod, J-E-D-I-J-A-R-G-O-N. P-O-D, a Jedi Jargon Pod. And be sure to turn on notifications for both our Twitter and our Instagram to stay updated on all of our latest content. Alright guys, thank you so much, have a great week, and remember, the pod will be with you, always. Hey, Sam.